0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to an extremely spooky Spodcast. That's right, Spodcast is back from the
1: grave. It's, it's undead. It's, it's a little not living, but kind of alive. You, you can poke it with a stick and it'll the... respond.
0: <laughs> there's, there's one night where it comes back from the grave to get its revenge, uh, and then it's gone, but... For that one night, it could still walk around and kill counselors, so you better watch out. So, we are going to talk about Halloween Horror Nights and our experiences seeing haunted houses. It's an annual tradition. We're also just going to get a little bit into, like, the craft of setting up scares, what kinds of things are frightening and kind of a live uh, experience, and also just, like, kind of Halloween culture in general. But uh, the the central topic is we'll be discussing like the, 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 the theme park attractions on either sides of the coast of the United States in the Universal Studios uh, theme parks where they have annual haunted mazes that you go through where various things jump out at you and go boo. Uh, Chris, you want to just like do a general overview of like haunt culture because you're really you and your, your wife are extremely into haunt culture.
1: I wouldn't say extremely because there are people that are like way hardcore into it and make it their lives. We just get real excited every October and spend most weekends in October going to them. Um, so I, I don't know how many internet I don't know how many international viewers we have. So I don't know like how prevalent haunt culture is outside of we the have United States. Yeah, a healthy
0: States. chunk of international viewers.
1: But in the United States, basically, you end up with a situation where there are a lot of local haunts at, like, local farms and things like that every year. It's it's one way for a lot of, like, small businesses, farm owners, that sort of thing, people who own a big chunk of land to uh, basically uh, use the fact that people are coming out there to do to buy pumpkins and, and crap, um, to also use that space to basically... Scare, scare locals. And that's, that's sort of a, the, the basis of a lot of haunt stuff is you walk through a corn maze or you walk through a, a small uh, building that's all set up to have spooks where things jump out at you. And in a lot of those, you can do some real interesting things that are very, very, you know, small scale, local. You don't have to worry about things like uh, wheelchair accessibility and every, other things. So like local haunts do things where... They'll puff out air at you and make you.
0: look you things some interesting like somebody, things like lost. a field hand, accidentally murdering someone with a shovel out in the middle of the the field and burying them beyond where anyone will ever know.
1: I mean, that's kind of what makes it scary: is you really are going out, going out to a, a farm in the middle of nowhere for people to jump out at you, and you're like, if someone did <laughs> kill me, they, I wouldn't be found for days. But it also, I mean, you right. joke about the violence, it, but like, oh, go ahead.
0: Oh no! You know, uh, well, I, I think I know what you're you're coming around to, but like, uh, just to give people an idea of how insane it can get. Uh, well, actually, at this point, one fairly common thing, uh, and uh, this had to become common, is for people to take chainsaws. You know, like the actual like tool that you can use to cut through a tree to take the chain off with the the saw, like you know, the actual sharp parts. But then, like, gas it up and like rev it up and make a lot of noise and. Looking at it, it looks like a dangerous implement, and it sounds like one, and it smells like one, and uh, just kind of imagine, like, 20 or 30 years ago, before, like, kind of this all gets standardized across the internet, like, you're wandering through some cornfield, like, you know, thinking to yourself, like, alright, that that guy who kind of gave me a look on the way in, that employee in the overalls, he seemed a little too into this. Like, I, what am I actually getting into? And you come up around a corner, and suddenly he's standing there revving a chainsaw—a real chainsaw. You can smell the gasoline, and you fall over, and he's like raising it up over you, like Leatherface, and he's like coming at you. For a moment, just for like an instant, you actually think you're going to die, guaranteed. It's great.
1: Um, <laughs> no, but but like I mean. The, they, the local haunts can do things that, like, bigger haunts absolutely can't. Like, uh, I know one of my haunts around here, uh, when you're out in the cornfield, sometimes they have a guy with a shotgun that fires blanks. They they won't do that at a theme park haunt. They don't fire shotguns <laughs> indiscriminately into the air.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but basically what ended up happening out of that culture was um, uh, Universal Studios, who own the rights to uh they had replicas of the psycho hotel and or the bates motel and the psycho house and they had um all the universal monster properties the theme parks had the rights to use beetlejuice so back in the early 90s um they started doing their own theme park level version of hey we're gonna have for five days you can come and there's like kind of a haunt and then maybe we'll have a parade or whatever and then over the past 28 years it slowly expanded out to uh Uh, a huge event and now it's in its own weird class of things where Halloween Horror Nights is different than what you would consider traditional haunt culture insofar as it is driven a lot by intellectual properties, IPs that they purchase the rights to use and turn into haunted houses and also by the nature of the fact that um, it's a lot more focused on production value, it's a lot more focused on set design, it's a lot more focused on on verisimilitude and making you feel like you're experiencing a, a, a to borrow a phrase from video games uh environmental storytelling experience where you're sort of picking up on the clues of the the narrative that they're borrowing from the films as you walk through these spaces and also this is where you end up with sort of conga line um uh house walkthrough approaches because in order to facilitate these huge expensive facade based mega expensive uh, houses you need to have a ton of people walking through them so where a local haunt might let a group of five people in at a time to be terrorized as a small group uh hhn tends to be this thing where it's just you stand in line to be able to get in a house to stand in line as you walk through the house where people come and jump out at you and it really becomes more about how lucky you are with timing as to whether the house works or doesn't work.
0: Yeah. Although in some ways, uh, in kind of like a distant abstract way, there's something frightening just about that feeling about the feeling of kind of being part of like a, you you feel just in a distant way, like a, like a cow in a slaughterhouse kind of being passed through like the loud noises and the screams up ahead.
1: You, you also have an immense pressure to not stop. Um, which means that if there is a scary room in front of you that you really don't want to go into, you, you don't really have much of an option because there's an entire crowd going, yeah, I want to keep going, keep going.
0: Pretty much. Uh, so one difference, so one of the key chief differences between the West Coast and the East Coast versions of Horror Nights because obviously there's the Universal Studios Florida and the Universal Studios Hollywood. And I, I'm closer to the Hollywood version. Chris is closer to the, the Florida version. Uh, one chief difference is that, uh, Universal Studios, Florida, it's kind of more like a, like a, the way I view it externally, and Chris can kind of fill in the blanks here, is it's almost kind of like a, an internalized Halloween Mardi Gras atmosphere is traditionally what sort of takes over the park, whereas Hollywood has traditionally been a little bit more like, uh, you know, no, no alcohol, for example, within the park, uh, yeah, you know, the, the scare zones are, like, more... Where, like, there's actually actors walking around the park to scare you are more, like, narrow. And it's kind of like, you can actually... Most of the time when you're in the park, you're not just going to be startled by somebody.
1: There's definitely a sense that Hollywood is still a functioning movie studio. And that the theme park elements are sort of supplementary to their core business. And as a result you don't really, you're not being transported to a world of, of terrors and doom. Whereas in Florida, yeah, they, they've got, they've got studios and occasionally they film some local commercials or some wrestling matches or whatever in some of the studios, but by and large, it's not a functioning movie studio. So these, these theme park events are what they do. So it's more about verisimilitude and and bringing you into this world of, of doom. And yes, the drinking culture between the two is, like, there's lots of weird idiosyncratic differences between the West and the and the East Coast. Like, for one, the West Coast calls them mazes, and the East Coast calls them houses, which I still find a fascinating oh, right. divide. Uh,
0: I think we sort of figured that out last year. Like, we sort of figured out where... One of the main things is that uh, there actually are physical structures more in uh, Florida, where, like, you know, you'll actually yeah. walk in, you'll see, like, what looks like a house... Whereas in California, that's largely an illusion. Once you get inside, uh, the reality is that from the outside, uh, it just kind of looks like um, kind of just looks like, like like a big old pavilion, like with sort of black tarp. I mean, once you get in there, like you know, things will look like oh, this is a dorm room. Oh, this is a catacombs. You know, they do a lot of interior work, but they they don't actually put any effort into making the structures on the exterior uh, look like much of anything.
1: It's interesting because I think California actually had some better facades this year, um, at least external facades. The, the the one of the interesting things is that California that um, Universal because nobody uses the goddamn studios in Universal Studios Florida because Nickelodeon pulled out and nobody films anything in Florida. Um, a lot of the studios end up housing the houses, so you end up with a lot of internal um, facades. So you don't end up with like um, like I think California had the better. I don't want to say the better poltergeist facade, but the better external poltergeist facade. Um, but we're getting ahead of ourselves, I think.
0: A little bit, a little bit. Um, I, well, one note uh, about the, the, the alcohol situation, the drinking culture. Uh, so obviously, there's a lot of different reasons why you might go into a haunt. You might, as I understand Chris and his wife do, uh, enjoy some sort of the sensation of being startled, like kind of that adrenaline rush. Is that, is that correct?
1: Yeah, and and...
0: Uh, whereas if you're like me and my associate, Common, uh, who I traditionally do horror nights with, uh, you might actually be huge cowards and not enjoy being startled at all, <laughs> which makes, makes you wonder why you're attending an event entirely focused around being startled repeatedly, professionally, and with Hollywood-level budget, <laughs> but, um, for me, what I enjoy is seeing the creative design, because I, I enjoy, like, the kind of the horror aesthetics, I enjoy, like, kind of the, uh, Like, the garish Halloween-y quality of, like, exploring all of these, like, weird, gruesome, and, like, macabre uh, fantasies. And so, for me, actually getting inside the houses and seeing how they're put together. Like, if you could guarantee to me that I wouldn't be startled, I I would probably be more interested in that experience, by and large. Does does
1: California have uh, lights on tours, do you know? I know Florida does.
0: I actually don't think so. Uh, I haven't heard of it. It might be the sort of thing where it's, like, one of the packages where if you have money... Like, you can get uh. a specific thing, but uh, I, I, I'm not aware of any service like that. Um, But anyhow, uh, of course, this intersects, interestingly, I, I was always wondering, like, because it's very clear when you're walking through horror nights, like, that there's these two groups of people. There's the kind that are, like, huddling together, that are, like, screeching their heads off, they're absolutely, like, dying, like, oh, my god, I hate this, I hate this, but are going from house to house to house. And then there are the people who are just, like, kind of loving it. And I was always like, you know, what's what's the factor that helps bring you in here if you can't get used to the frights? And then I figured it out. It's the alcohol.
1: It is a... It used to be a much bigger problem at, at Universal Florida. Um, Halloween Horror Nights Florida was... Um, primarily a locals thing it's it's increasingly less a locals thing as time has gone on i mean this event especially we'll get to stranger things in a bit but especially with stranger things as a license they have i mean they they have added a tuesday to the to the list of days that they are open which is insane they've never opened on a tuesday in the history of the event that is how crazy crowded it's been this year um so they are expanding beyond just nothing but locals but for historically, the event has been very locals driven and as a result it's sort of become the the college kid uh drinking Halloween party place, and that's been sort of the the reputation it got And there was a point in time where like they had n- nurses dressed like in bloody clothes walking around with the uh, Ah uh, little standies of um jello shots that were blood bags, and you could just buy a blood bag that's basically two or three jello shots and just down it uh, out of out of there and it was a very alcohol drenched party every little standee bar had a full bar in the past two years they've really cracked down on that in Florida, and now we're at a point where if you go to one of the the formal normal during park hours bars, you can get any liquor you want like if you go to Finnegan's or if you go to um uh what a, I think most tavern has some and a few other places have alcohol but generally speaking um now it's basically beer and their premixed drinks and that's it and they've and they've gotten rid of the the blood bags and it's been a much more streamlined experience but i find it interesting that 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 has been happening while california has been loosening restrictions on alcohol because until the past 2 years california was uh, a dry event
0: yes yes absolutely uh now you can get beer at Moe's tavern and, uh, a couple other areas, I think, I think only in the Simpsons area, although I, I actually don't know, um, I'm not too well versed, I think that those might actually be, like, the only real big concession areas that are open during the, the Horror Nights hours, because they close off everything else, uh, like, they close off, um, they close off the Hogwarts area, of course, they don't close off all of, like, the Jurassic Park mummy stuff, but it didn't look like the, the actual food places were still open. Although this was actually kind of a crummy year for ride fans because uh, usually, like, one of the few rides that are open during Horror Nights is Jurassic Park. You can ride it at Dark Night, but the ride's still closed.
1: I'm still still bitter about that.
0: There's actually a billboard um, on the studios themselves. Like, they have movie, like, advertisements and stuff that you can see from the escalators that go down to the lower lot. And one of them was for the Grinch, and it just showed a big picture of the Grinch, and it actually said, "I can't wait to ride my favorite ride, Jurassic Park. oh wait a minute
1: oh no. oh oh now i'm sad i it has that has not hit Orlando, but all indications are it will soon hit orlando so uh
0: anyhow uh so before we we get into the houses let me let me conclude this little uh aside with uh, my own experience to sort of bring this to a point which is uh so my associate common and i normally go with another person who's extremely like into the the, the value of being shocked and always went in, in front and sort of absorbed the worst scares for us and kind of took on that like took on that responsibility of like being the first one to walk into the room which is actually like kind of intimidating for was kind of intimidating for me in the past where like i I wanted to kind of have somebody to hide behind a little bit uh and that person's gone now uh that that person is probably not going to be part of any future tours so it was it's just me in common uh we found ourselves outside the gate uh the park opens for early hours at five o'clock which if you go to hollywood horror nights i very much recommend you get in at early hours uh, but it was only 3.30 for us. And I look at Common, and I look at the gate, and I turn around, and I look at the Carl Strauss Brewery uh, behind us, and I say, would you perhaps like to get a drink, Common? And um, long story short, we were drunk through the first five mazes. All right. So my experience was slightly different this year, which we can get into as we talk about it. Uh, I, I did, I did actually go, Yeah, you know, I, I, I was certainly not blackout drunk. I've never actually been blackout drunk, but I did happen to go through and refresh, uh, my memory of all the mazes by viewing the, the YouTube walkthroughs, which, uh, for anybody watching at home, you can probably go on YouTube and find somebody who's done a walkthrough of the Hollywood houses, probably not the Florida houses. They take those down, but the, the that, Hollywood that's, houses, that's... They, they stay up
1: that's not true this year uh media night um i know tim tracker in particular was able to record through some of the uh some of the florida houses so if you're interested in slightly edited vision uh, versions of the florida houses you can see some of them
0: oh that's very exciting i actually will check that out after the episode anyway uh well let's begin with stranger things chris how long did it take you to get into stranger things
1: so we had Express, because we're not doing the lines, because that's just insane. Uh, we we knew going into it that Stranger Things would be nuts. Um, for the record, for those who were unaware, at least in Florida, um, the, the wait time on average for Stranger Things has been somewhere between 100 and 150 minutes. Uh, we did not want to wait almost three hours to, to do this house.
0: It it definitely reaches three hours in California, it, it sort of towards the, the middle of the event
1: um we went through it twice uh during our stay we were so for the record we were there so i wouldn't recommend ever anyone ever doing this because this was a death march by the end of it but we did five nights in a row wednesday thursday friday Holy saturday shit. sunday um with express and by the end of it we were just we were just zombies It's not a great way to do the event. I wouldn't recommend doing that. I would recommend doing, like, a Saturday, Sunday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then leave. Like, do a week with a bunch of days in the middle for theme parking if you can. Um, Anyway, uh, Stranger Things is... I I find it interesting. The Florida house went all in on actually being scary, which I was not expecting. Uh, Traditionally, a lot of their big IP houses, they focus on more drawing you into the universe or making you feel like you're there and yeah there's some scares but it's really more about oh it's that scene from the movie and um the stranger things house really dedicated itself to trying to scare you to both positive and negative effect i think
0: interesting so uh how how did they like okay so actually first question um did they go through both seasons of stranger things
1: no, both both. I think both parks only do the first season.
0: Right, right, right. So, I don't know about you, but one of the big problems with the California house was that uh, the only real enemy they had, or the only real pop-up scared guy they had going around was a Demogorgon. Like, they had a couple guys in hazmat suits kind of fucking around here and there, but really it was just a, an all-Demogorgon show.
1: Yeah, and that, that was what I always expected it to be, because there's really nothing else to pop out at you um they they bless their hearts they both parks try with i have watched the walkthrough for california um both parks have a part where hopper busts out of a thing and goes go 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 and i don't think it works in either park because it's just a guy with a beard jumping out and going go and it's the bless their hearts they're trying but it, it it doesn't land uh it is all of the scares come from either demogorgons or uh masked people but the masked scientists are it, it just isn't that scary.
0: No, it wasn't. And, uh... Now, I, I think this was the first house where I was also starting to realize that uh it turns out that when I've had two beers, uh, I am not actually scared by anything in Horror Nights. Uh, but it, I, at the same time, you know, again, like, well, again, that that's almost what I'm looking for. Like, I, I'm i more interested in the house well, designs sort or of the, the cool stuff.
1: See, that's fascinating to me because, like, I, I drink... Beer before going into houses not because i necessarily like i'm a chronic alcoholic but but also because um i i having it dampen my senses makes it harder for me to be able to walk into a room and go all right that's the unseen corner that's a boo hole he's gonna come from here like being able to just walk in and analyze the structure of a scare. If if I've had a couple beers in me, I walk in and I go, I oh, don't know, it's a scary room. Oh my god, when he jumps out at me. So like having that dampen my senses makes me more likely to get scared. Which is interesting that by having it dampen your senses, you're just sort of more immune to it.
0: I think I think it might be that for you, sort of the scare is more like something that you are seeking out. Like that that that's something that you're remaining open to uh that that worse with me it's kind of like the experience of being scared is like i am happy to let that just sort of be numb uh yeah i I don't know that that is interesting uh but anyway uh i i did i did have lots of thoughts about the actual structure of the house a little bit um uh which was the gammagorgon costume uh <laughs> in some places it was very clearly a guy in a costume. Like, uh, you could see the eye slits, or uh, you could see, like, the, the face behind it. it didn't, that did not work.
1: The one thing, that, having watched it, the one thing... There, there are two things in that house, in, in, from what I've seen in walkthroughs of the California house, that bug me. And I'm curious to see if, if they bug you, because you actually did the house. Um, the first one is, the very end scare doesn't work at all. And I, I don't understand that room. The uh, room where, the 11 is... where
0: eleven is like yeah, yeah freezing the Demogorgon and that but then like at, at first it seems like he's just like pinned against the wall but then he like jumps down and like starts like thrashing around at you.
1: Yeah, if they could like mask how he's like being levitated so it looks like he's really suspended and then he jumps down and goes at you that could be one thing but he's kind of just standing there and then you walk near him and he goes eh, and I'm like at eh, that that doesn't work. Um, at least it based works. on what the videos I've seen.
0: It worked a little bit when we went through it, actually. Uh, I mean, I, again, I wasn't startled, but I think it worked well because, um, you know, I, I, when I, we went through, something about him actually looked like he was also a mannequin. Like, you kind of get distracted by the uh, the mannequin-looking L. Like, you're trying to think, oh, is that, like, a person or is that just, like, a, a standee? And it is, in fact, a standee. And then I think they have, like, another actor off to the side who's, like, kind of moving around who distracts you. And you don't actually, like, go, oh, that's a Demogorgon actor. You go, oh, that's, like, a Demog... You kind of just, like, fold him in with the inanimate objects. So when you actually go past him and he, like, jumps at you, it's a little bit startling, but... Um...
1: Okay, that, that makes it sound better. Um, the yeah. other thing that I noticed, and the Florida house does this a little bit, but I noticed that the the California houses in general really lie on uh, rely on this, which are the Black Hallways of Doom, where as soon as you pass yeah. through... Um, the the Demogorgon being pinned to the wall. It's a black hallway, and then a Demogorgon comes out, and then you turn, and then another Demogorgon comes out, and then you exit the house.
0: Yeah, that's kind of like the, the crutch of Halloween Horror Nights Hollywood. That's like the... Because like I mentioned, when you look at the outside, the maze is like a black... It's just black canvas stretched between poles to form a literal maze. And it's only through the set design that it kind of comes to life. So... If you, you have space that you need to fill, or like you kind of need to throw in a scare to stitch together uh, one of the mazes, uh, inevitably that's kind of what it ends up being—is like kind of a black hallway of doom, and it's it's never it's it never really works that well. Um, speaking of black hallways of doom, I didn't know if this was what you're going to get into. I I had no idea if this could possibly show up in the uh, the the SoCal 360 whatever video that somebody uploaded, but. There was actually several houses where we literally got lost inside the maze a little bit, which, despite the name, that's not supposed to happen. Yeah, and when I say lost, obviously I don't mean, like, yeah, obviously I don't mean very lost. I mean, like, we were ushered into a space where we're supposed to, like, be able to find a way through, but since it's so dark, we end up, like, sort of, like, if if you had night vision goggles, it would be purely comical, where we're just kind of, like, bumping into a corner and, like, getting turned around on each other and, like, Abbott and Castelling our way back and forth a little bit before we figure out, like, we find the hallway we're supposed to go into. Uh, That happened on multiple occasions, and on one occasion it was actually kind of frightening, and I think it was somewhat deliberate, Uh, but in the Stranger Things house, I'm pretty sure, it was just they didn't have an usher there with, like, a a light pointing us the right way.
1: No, the the only house I've had that happen to me in in this year was the Seeds of Extinction, which was just a, a profoundly dark house, that we went into before the before it had gotten dark out, so our eyes hadn't adjusted. So we would regularly like I'm assuming I go right here. Up, nope, that's a wall. I go left. I go left. But we didn't we didn't get lost per se.
0: And that that can be kind of fun in small doses. I, I you know I, Common actually got in the the, the trick or treat household which we'll get to. Common actually got stuck on a wall and then somebody jumped at him from behind and it completely scared the shit out of him. Nice. It was one of the, the most effective scares of the night, honestly. Um, oh yeah, but, uh, one thing, uh, I will say again, uh, California, if you can get in at five o'clock, do it. Uh, we were, we were in that house inside of five minutes.
1: Yeah. Same with Florida. If you can do stay and scream, you're still probably, unless you're at the very front of the line, looking at maybe an hour wait, but an hour wait still beats the crap out of coming in at, you know, six thirty and seeing that stranger things is already at a hundred minutes.
0: Yeah. That's very demoralizing. Which oh yeah so I, I, actually I'll just go ahead and say this um when I said I was drunk through the first five houses and then I also made mentioned two beers that's not just because I am a profound lightweight although I certainly am that uh we I think I did the math and we averaged something like a house every fifteen minutes for like nice. the first that's not bad like yeah the, the first whole chunk of the park we were it's a sort of thing where it's seven o'clock uh so there I think there's like seven mazes. And five of them were open uh, before, like, from 5.15, essentially. And then the rest opened at 7. And we were done with the five mazes that were open by, like,
1: 6.30. Not too bad. Yeah, that's that's actually pretty impressive. Yeah. Because 6.30 is when the event opens in, in Florida, so...
0: Yeah, and, and that's... Um, we actually were just, like, trying to kill time. Just like, okay, let's... Let's kill 30 minutes standing here before we're allowed into the other area. And, of course, by that point, we're backtracking because the two houses that are open uh, now are near the entrance. So by the time we get to those, it's like 40 minutes, an hour for the line. But well,
1: So I, I think based on what I've seen of Stranger Things, both California and Florida are pretty comparable in terms of both structure and scares. The one thing I would say that I think California does better based on what I've seen is that um they do a lot more work with the creepy tearing through dimensions in the buyer's house uh thing. Uh we don't have a lot of that. We have the we have one room where you walk in and you can kind of see that it's coming through the wall, but it it doesn't really it's not a scare and it doesn't really work. Whereas I know California has multiple scenes of it like prying through the walls before leading up to and building up to an actual scare where a a Demogorgon comes through the wall in the buyer's house in the room where Joyce is holding the axe. And I think that's a much more interesting way to tell that story uh, environmentally than walking in and seeing like, oh, it's the room with all the lights. Oh, and there's a thing busting through. And now we're going back into the backyard where the buyers, you know, Fort Fort Castle buyers is and the monster comes out. Like, we don't, the Florida house doesn't have that little interesting bit of storytelling, and I, I like that better in California.
0: Well, I'm glad you highlighted that bit of good environmental storytelling, because we're certainly going to come to a case of very, very bad environmental storytelling, but we'll we'll get to that later. Uh, in the meantime, uh, do you want to move on to Trick or Treat?
1: Uh, sure. Uh, you want to start?
0: Yeah. Okay, so trick or treat. Um, now I I am less of a horror Nights head in the sense that like you know Chris is more up on like following the, the rumors and kind of the culture of like the not just like the the event but like the designers and like the people who are in charge of the show who like kind of and what their predilections are. So for me, uh, seeing that there was going to be a maze based on a like an anthology horror film from like 20 years ago that I feel like a lot of people have forgotten about and very few people are seeing it was for the record
1: it was only like 2007 it was not 20 years ago
0: I well I had no idea what okay I don't remember this coming out in 2007 was this like a was this in theaters everywhere or yeah oh all right well uh it's only okay so it's only like 11 years old
1: 2009
0: So nine years old. <laughs> nine years old. Okay. Well, that surprises me. Uh, that... <laughs> Anyhow, I was I was a little surprised to hear that like uh, th- 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 this movie was going to be like a uh, one of the big mazes because usually it feels like in, at least in Hollywood they really try to push like intellectual properties that they're still making cash on.
1: And sometimes musicians.
0: And sometimes musicians. We'll, we'll get interested.
1: to that, I guess. Again.
0: <laughs> yes. Uh huh. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I forgot about that. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll get to that a little later. But um... so, uh, but I will say that the house itself was a lot of fun. Uh, at least in Hollywood. How, how about you, Chris?
1: Um, Trick or Treat exists in a weird realm for HHN Florida uh, because it was a scare zone last year and it was probably the best scare zone they've ever done. Um, It managed to encapsulate the entirety of the property. It was also in Central Park, so it had all the gorgeousness of all the carved pumpkins and all the lighting and fog and it was just absolutely gorgeous. It absolutely captured the film. Um, The the costuming was spot on. They had multiple Sam's. Everyone loved it. And that's part of the reason they brought it back was that it was such a beloved scare zone. Um, And so I have mixed feelings about the house because the house in Florida is basically mostly recycling the props from the scare zone. Um, The Sam statues came back and they put them in similar positions. Um, And the other thing, and I, I think... You haven't been going to HHN long enough to know this, but the other thing that I guess bothered me about the trick-or-treat house is they finally brought out the um, American werewolf werewolves from uh, storage, the American werewolf puppets. And those things were terrifying in the American werewolf house because you had to pass right by them in a subway setting where they would jump out and scare you. Here you're in an open wood, and it, it's just not as scary, and I and it's it's yeah. more like oh, I remember that from three years ago or four years ago or whatever. I love that puppet, and then you it's but it's not scary, and it's not even really used as a distraction. Um, the other problem is that they went you know all in on David Pumpkins when it comes to uh, <laughs> <laughs> to use the expression uh, to to recreate the um, the bus crash scene. And so there are large open areas uh, for the bus crash scene because that was how it was framed in the movie, was basically being in a big quarry. And it is excruciatingly hard to scare people when you're not in a cramped, claustrophobic corridor and people are jumping out of boo holes, but you're walking in a... 20 by 40 foot room and somebody on the side of the room jumps out and goes hi i'm a monster like it's no longer scary it's just sort of like oh a guy in a costume walked out from around that that stone look at him there that's cute like it's it's no longer scary um as much as they they try to make it scary so there the house struggles a little bit that said it it does add to what they already had from the trick-or-treat scare zone and it has um uh what's his name um Wilkins as a vampire, which was a scene that was never in the uh, scare zone. So I appreciate seeing that. it's It's okay. I, I my experience in the house is it's okay.
0: yeah, the the California version was a little less ambitious. Um, and uh, they yeah, we did have a similar problem with our werewolves. I, I have no idea if there was like a previous maze that they came from, but um
1: they they, they are they are the American werewolves. and the other thing, as long as we're complaining about Hollywood, Can I, can I complain about the fact that your house has the, uh, fucking Atmos SFX, uh, Sam in the window of that one house, of of Wilkins' house? Yeah. Because that effect is something you can purchase on, online for, for, like, money? Like, something that can be, something that you can purchase for, for, like, personal home use should not be used in an event you're paying $60 to get into to see. That's that's my personal opinion, but
0: I I had that feeling a few times in the event and I I think I have it a few times every year, but uh yeah, um but yeah, the the actual like the werewolf area wasn't super great either because they had like a very obviously fake inert werewolf at one point that was just kinda of, like the most prominent one. And then like they have a, an animated puppet werewolf that like comes popping out of a boohole, but like, you know, it, it doesn't I, I don't know, it didn't work super well for me.
1: It it sucks, because I I really love those American werewolf puppets, but they just are not used well in a big open space like the forest. And I I get that they kind of have to, because the movie has the werewolf scene take place in the forest, but they needed it to be more claustrophobic and confined in order to get you to go, Oh no, a werewolf is right next to me, rather than, Oh no, a werewolf is 20 feet away.
0: Okay. Uh, Since we're on a negativity kick, let's kind of just, like, get the negativity out of the way here. Um... Blumhouse? Blumhouse, 100% Blumhouse. Um, so
1: before we get going, I have to say you guys drew the short end of the stick for uh, crappy houses, yeah, cra- we did. crappy properties. Like we, we, so for for the uninitiated, Florida ended up with um, uh, the first purge and Happy Death Day. Which Happy Death Day is a horror comedy. It's not the scariest thing in the world, but there's a guy in a baby mask pops out with a knife. We, it's fine. We actually had and... Happy
0: Death Day last year, and it was surprisingly it was surprisingly effective, despite the fact that you know it was very limited like number of scenes. The dorms were very well constructed, and the mask is actually kind of creepy. And they had some like good staging with where they would pop out and jump out at you. And I remember actually quite liking it. So yeah, there. You
1: so, Happy Death Day's not a bad property. And the first Purge, also, not, not a terrible property. I mean, they've done the Purge a million oh, times, man. but the Purge, scary guys with masks that pop out and go, ah, it's, it's, it's fine. So, the, the Florida house could have been fine. Um, we'll get to why it wasn't in a bit, but the Florida house could have been fine. Um, the California house ended up with two properties that I literally am not sure how you turn into a haunted house. One is truth or dare... And the other is the unfriended. Is it unfriended one or unfriended two? I think it's the first unfriended. It's the first unfriended. That's right.
0: It's the first unfriended. Yeah. Um. Well, yeah. I I also would not know how I would turn those into a haunted house, and um, they didn't either. So there's that. I I I gotta be honest with you. So we had a we also had a first purge house. So like we had the the Blumhouse maze, and then we had the first purge maze. And they were both very forgettable. Uh, I I literally can't call to mind any details from the Purge House. And I was more sober going through that one. And I also watched a walkthrough of it while completely sober the next day. Uh, I just, I you know, I the one of the problems is that they've actually been doing Purge pretty heavily like the last couple of years. Like uh, last year, there was a. Yeah. There was a purge area in the Blumhouse maze. The year before that, there was like a purge scare zone. And I, I don't know that they've got many neat tricks to pull off with it. There's not many creative scenes. It was just like kind of a bunch of guys with masks jumping out. <sighs>
1: um, so I'm curious about Unfriended and Truth or Dare, though. Because like the, the iconic thing of Truth or Dare is the weird, yeah. bug-eyed thing. And I, I'm curious how they even tried to attempt that in uh in the house if they did
0: okay so it was bad it was bad they had they had like just occasionally people would jump out at you and had like rubber masks they were like oh, oh. no so i haven't seen I, the I fucking don't... movie
1: i don't get california's predilection for latex masks that that's something that his i don't either it's been weird
0: I think it might be like just a way to cut down like the time spent in the makeup chair, like to get the employees out there and on their probably. Hustle. They got though they got those hungry young LA actors, you know. Gotta, but how much are you gonna hey, be wrecking?
1: Like you would think LA actors would be like, I want them to see my face. But no, it's like <laughs> throwing a mask and get them out there.
0: Yeah. Uh, no. I yeah. I I don't know what to tell you. Like yeah, but they had latex masks on that. Like honestly, they just kind of looked like purge masks. Like, they, they didn't, like, they weren't recognizably, I, later I saw a trailer for Truth or Dare, this is the damning thing, because I knew nothing about that fucking movie, but, like, later when in Relying for the Terror Tram, they showed, uh, a trailer for Truth or Dare, and I'm like, oh, is that what that was supposed to look like? Because I didn't realize, I had no idea what that Truth or Dare was like going through it, I'm, like, we, we literally got through it, I'm like, what movie was that? Like, what was that about? What was happening? Was it, like, a nun thing? I, I, like, I thought it was a nun thing, because there was, like, a nun there, and that was, like, my best guess, was it it had to do with Catholicism. Like, we recorded notes, and I'm like, so is that just, like, a like Catholicism-themed house? Was that the deal there? And as for Unfriended, again, I actually really can't remember what they did, but it was not very impressive. Oh, you know what it was? Uh, we went through the, the actual, like, the, the rooms of the various kids, and they're, like, freaking their shit out, like, ah, something bad's happening, it's real bad, and then, like, the girl steps out from somewhere, I, I guess it's a girl, and there was, like, one area where, like, you stabbed the eyeball, but, like, honestly, the moment where I kinda knew it was gonna suck was, um, like, actually, this is one thing I really enjoy about anthology houses generally, is, like, houses with multiple themes, Is that like the kind of transition areas? Because they often find like cool framing devices to tell you like, oh, now you're entering this world. Oh, now you're entering that world. Like a couple years ago, American Horror Story, when you're entering like the freak show, it had like the big freak show like tent entrance with the creepy face. It was great. Uh, But the the unfriended area is like you just enter like a movie theater, and there's like a screen that has unfriended projected onto it, and there's no scares in there. There's no scares in the theater. You just like walk through it. It's it's really fucking lame.
1: Yeah, that's that's it's so bad. Um, from what I saw, I have not I have not seen Truth or Dare and I've not seen Unfriended in theaters or in the movies rather. And um, I, from what I saw of walkthroughs, the Truth or Dare bit looks and un- unbearably boring and bad. The Unfriended bit at least looked kind of interesting because there was some weird demon thing? I, I I i don't know what it was. It was okay. It seemed better than the than the truth or dare bit. That's all I could say.
0: It was. The truth or dare bit was the Nadir for sure.
1: Um as far as the Florida version of Blumhouse, um the the happy death day stuff is is fun. It's cute um it's it's not particularly scary it's guy in a baby mask jumps out at you and you do the same day over and over so you go into the dorm room and then you see her die in uh in in the boyfriend's bedroom or whatever like she did in the movie and then you go into the dorm room and then you see her in the in the parking lot where she escapes you go into the dorm room and then you see uh, some other scene from the movie that i can't remember um, so it, it does the, the Happy Death Day thing of you're repeating the same day over and over again. It's a little repetitive because there's only one monster that can come out, which is the baby face guy, and you're going through the same room two or three times. But it's it's fine. It works. There's scares. Um, it's when we approach the first purge that I have real issues with the way Blumhouse works. Um, happy Death Day was not super scary, but it's cute. Uh, the first purge gets weird. Um specifically I am uncomfortable with the way it frames itself and I'm trying to be very delicate in my conversation here but like having seen the film there is a bunch of so basically spoilers for the first purge if you haven't seen it but I I mean it's the purge it's not like you don't know what's going on um in the first purge you basically end up in uh it's the first time the purge is experimented on and it happens in brooklyn and just brooklyn and the rest of the rest of the country doesn't do the purge and much like the rest of the purge reveal where like we think that everyone's going to kill each other but then they don't because people are decent but then the system itself decides to take matters in their own hands and has a bunch of fascist racist government people come in in kkk outfits and nazi paraphernalia and kill all of the people primarily people of color and the people of color are our heroes um blah 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 that's sort of the undercurrent of the purge um so that's sort of what's going on in the movie but then also there's um a character for i don't for the life of me know why they called him this named skeletor who is um basically in the first purge movie is a uh character who is a black dude who gets in a fight with our protagonist who decides to try and kill him and the house leans hard on Skeletor and not so hard on the the Nazis. So you're not seeing a ton of fascist creepy dudes in blackface masks and Nazi paraphernalia jumping out at you, but you do see a lot of shirtless black dudes jumping out at you. And the subtext of that is not super comfortable. I'll be totally honest. I'm not yeah, cool. Yeah,
0: like, that. I'm sure they had a sit-down where they were like, so, is there, is, in this climate, do we, like, is it actually, like, a fun thing if people are going to go through and, like, a bunch of Proud Boys are going to jump out with baseball bats? Like, is that actually, like, an right. experience people want? But, yeah, you're right. They, they really didn't think that one through to the other side.
1: Like, yeah, we don't, we don't want to be involved in politics, so we're not going to have the Nazis jump out at you. Instead, we're going to have a black shirtless man with needles for hands come and go, Oh, I'm a monster! And I'm like, I, I don't think you thought this through.
0: Well, I, I like, respect, like, the, the, the content of the horror movie, like, to be fair, I do not, when I say to be fair, I don't mean to justify the decision, I mean, to further explore the decision, uh, I probably would not have had a lot of fun in a house that was just, like, white supremacists jump out and go boo, because that's been, like, that, that's more like the kind of thing that I am attending an event to avoid. (laughs) Well, and and it's, it's the experience that's becoming altogether too common.
1: (laughs) Well, it's, it's difficult because like the film makes it very clear that Skeletor is not really necessarily, he he's being used by the system. He is not itself the, the scary thing, although he is scary. Um, where, but the film has the ability to control that nuance in a haunt where all things can do is jump out at you. Not so much.
0: It's it's a shame because the themes of the film really kind of make it like not well suited to a haunt because haunts are, I you know I'm sure that there could be somebody who would just like absolutely redefine artistically the genre of the haunt to have very clear expressive messages, but as they're set up in Horror Nights, uh, like they no. are several yeah, steps no. below a Blumhouse film in terms of political commentary, <laughs> like Th- the, the bandwidth most... for that kind of messaging is low.
1: The most horror nightsable purge movie they've made is Anarchy because it basically is like, what if once a night there was anarchy? And it's it's it still has the um, anti-fascist, anti-capitalist um, subtext, and it's not subtle about it. But also like people kill people over petty petty uh you know lovers spats people kill people because i wanted that promotion that the purge anarchy kind of has generically the most like what if people just went nuts and could kill people without repercussions um but the first purge and the purge election year and even to some extent the original purge all are much more explicit in their um subtext and it becomes weird if you try to turn it into what if these guys just jumped out at you and said boo
0: yeah, the Purge uh, maze last year in Hollywood kind of actually did kind of work on a semiotic metal level, like uh, the the Purge maze was like I said in the middle of Blumhouse and it was pretty modest. It was basically just like one big outdoor alleyway that kind of like curves around like a bunch of junked cars and like you know corpses and stuff, and uh, it it works because it was distilled to like a single image, which was you know like a bunch of chainsaw knife wielding like purgers like wearing like goofy liberty costumes i guess based on election year, and they were yeah. absolutely blasting a uh, party in the usa <laughs> uh and like all the the purgers were like kind of they're they kind of like alternating between bopping to it and then like trying to kill you and that actually worked pretty well
1: that also works because in the context of the film all the people dressed up in americana like I don't know how prescient that film actually was, but all of the uh, uh, people dressed up in Americana in that movie were, I believe, either Eastern European or Russian uh, who came to the United States as a tourist to enjoy the purge um, and then dressed up in Americana because it let them indulge.
0: Jesus Christ. So
1: I, I, Yeah, I, I don't know how prescient that was, but it's a thing. Um, but let's move on. The, the Blumhouse houses were not very good. Let's Let's just leave it at that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Let's leave it at that. Um, well, uh, that that takes us through Blumhouse and uh, First Purge. That that's nice. Uh, Halloween Four. So that was another house we both had. The Halloween Four house. Yeah. Yeah, I had a feeling I okay. going to be disappointed by. It.
1: Well, here's my problem. I don't like Halloween Four from the get go. So you're you're going to really like have trouble getting me to care. Halloween four is not a good movie and it's especially not a good horror movie. And it's double, especially not a good movie that you can turn into a haunt. Like nothing happens in that goddamn movie and nothing can easily be turned into something scary. So it, it, it does scenes from the movie. Michael Myers jumps out at you and okay. If, and I say this as somebody who really likes Halloween, the franchise one, two, three, I guess H2O and, uh, The most recent one. So I I like a lot of Halloween movies, but anything involving the Jamie saga is is terrible. Um, On any given day,
0: I just want to say if if you put a gun to my head and asked me, all right, H2O is that Friday the 13th H2O, Halloween H2O, or Nightmare on Elm Street H2O? I think I'd probably like sweat bullets and not actually land on the right answer. Well,
1: H2O is basically similar to the the remake insofar as it's got Jamie Lee Curtis dealing with the fact that she's got PTSD and she's got a kid. It's just the only difference is instead of being a, you know, 60-something grandma, she's a, you know, 40-something uh, parent. But it's very similar.
0: Right. Yeah, uh, you know, there there's some thi- the individual elements uh, that were pretty well on the uh the the hollywood element uh, the hollywood end um one of them was actually not too far off what you were talking about like the the fear effects thing where like you you walk up and like uh so the exterior of the the maze the facade if you will um was dressed up sort of like the the front of the house and they had like a actually like the front of it like a diner and they had like a, a lady who was mopping and like she stops to like listen to the radio as it's like broadcasting the like he escapes thing and she, something, like, it's it's actually very well done, like, the way she sort of keeps watching the radio and, like, clutching her mop tight, as, like, you see the the shadow of Michael Myers creeping up behind her. Like, that, that works pretty well, despite the fact that it is ultimately a fairly straightforward effect.
1: See, um, that sounds cool, though. Like, our, our house doesn't, so, for, for the full, for full disclosure, our Halloween house takes place in the Shrek, uh, theater for Shrek 3D. And uh, as, right, a, we're in the as such,
0: area.
1: we don't get a facade for Halloween Four. We just walk straight into like you're walking into Shrek's back entrance, and then suddenly you're in the uh, the the I, I don't know the the what is it Smith Smith Grove or Smithfield Grove or whatever the the mental institution, and he's being transferred out, and and then that's that's it. That's where the house the house starts. Um, There really isn't a facade of any sort. (laughs) Michael Myers just like
0: stalks out with his knife and suddenly you just like see a silhouette boom against the wall and get out of my swamp!
1: It's the sort of thing where you get, I'm sure it makes no sense if you haven't seen the movie because you walk in and there's a little radio going like, uh, we're we're moving Michael Myers! We're moving him! he's are moving! And then you turn the corner and you're in the gas station from the film where Donald Pleasance is firing at the bandaged uh, Michael Myers. And if you have not seen the movie, you have no idea what any of this means.
0: Yeah, that that's kind of a thing they do, actually. They've done a few, every time I've seen them do a Michael Myers, they have somebody shooting at him, like usually Donald Pleasance
1: it's always donald pleasance and why the fuck was that guy his psychologist for like 30 goddamn years you would think after the first time he called him evil somebody would have pulled him off the fucking case but no the dude shoots him six times they recap then shoots him in the eyes to- or laurie Strode shoots him in the eyes and burns him to death and then the dude is permanently disfigured from that and they still let him be the guy's psychologist for like another four fucking movies it's insane yeah.
0: We've dismissed Michael Myers, psychologist, and replaced him with a mechanic specializing in heavy equipment. i just,
1: all I'm saying is, Loomis should not be allowed to be anybody's psychologist. Like, anybody should not be allowed to be someone's psychologist if you've shot them six times, and you say that they are pure evil, and there's nothing but deadness in their eyes. Like, at that point, you should just not. Seriously.
0: Yeah. So anyway, let, I guess that's pretty much all we have to say about Halloween Four. Uh,
1: it's serviceable. It's it's not not scary. It's just if if Michael Myers is what trips your scary thing, he jumps out at you sometimes, and that's great. And if if you like that movie, good. But I, as somebody who likes Halloween, does not like that movie.
0: I've I've nicer things to say about almost every remaining uh, attraction in the
1: park. Yeah. Same.
0: Uh, speaking of which, Poltergeist. Wow, that actually worked really well. I really like Poltergeist.
1: Poltergeist is is probably going to win House of the Year for Florida, um, and it's up against some pretty stiff competition. Um, I I feel like Hollywood's house is good, and Florida's house might edge it out because it has a a, a story conceit. Its environmental storytelling is better, but both of them work really really well.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of areas inside the maze that really make you forget you're standing inside kind of a ramshackle, rude artifice, uh, where you, you actually just like, oh, man, I'm sort of in the, the bowels of the house now. And like Common had never seen the film, but he kept actually pointing things out like, Ooh, that's cool. That's cool. Like he really like this this effect. Where there's just like bloody organs sort of dragging across like a counter. Uh, it gets this this kind of like an overuse thing where they they overuse the effect of like the guy with his face ripped off uh, or melted off. Like they they have him. Yeah. There's a couple actors wearing that <laughs> mask.
1: They it's 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 interesting to see the obsessions of both coasts because I know that California went all in on the dude that rips his face off, and I know that Florida went all in on the evil clown puppet. And both of them just yeah. went all in on that that particular fixation. And Florida fucking loves its its weird cl- evil clowns. And California apparently yeah. loves dudes who rip their own faces off.
0: Pretty much, we we did have our share of the clown thing. There's a really good a, a scare where you're walking through an area and the clown pops out under a bed, reaching for your ankle. And that nice. that went very well. Uh, but definitely the crowning jewel effect, and this wasn't even like scary. Although it would have been probably maybe been a shit ourselves if we'd like been startled by it. But it, you know, unfortunately, kind of like the, the way the key worked out, we saw it ahead of time. But even so, immediately afterwards, the first things out of Ralph was just, "Boy, that's cool." Uh, the glowing skull.
1: Yes, uh, it's it's interesting. Both both houses both houses have that. Yours is the only one that sprays people in the face. I don't believe ours actually has any water effect associated <laughs> with it.
0: California loves our water effects. What is They it? do. Why, why are we so frightened by the waste of water? Oh.
1: I. Uh, <laughs> um. So my favorite thing about the the Poltergeist house in Florida, um, is the way it frames the narrative. And I, I, at risk of spoiling either the house or the film. M- Basically, the idea is that it um, frames you as one of the ghosts, and I love that inversion because I know California's more or less walks you through the events of the film in a comparatively linear fashion. In Florida's, you start in the swimming pool, and it's raining on you, and you walk in, and then you, as you walk, you're in, you start in the swimming pool looking up at the house, and you walk through a bunch of caverns and the caverns are full of all the dead people because you are among the dead. You are one of the dead. And then you walk through um, and then you see Carol Ann sitting in front of the TV and it's it's sort of this weird abstract scene where she's up above you and you see her holding out like her hands to the TV like she does in the movie. And then you walk through the house and then you see like, you know, the guy who tears his face off and you see some other zombies and you see um, the, the door guard multiple times. Um, you see the room with, with everything floating around. You see um, the puppet multiple times, and there's a bunch of other stuff. And then as the house draws to a close, you come back to the uh, TV screen again, but this time you're on the other side of it, and you see Carol Ann's hands pushed against it, but you're on the other side of the TV. And I love this idea that basically you are walking through this house, and you, un- without knowing it, are one of those undead ghosts. And That's you're really one of the wandering crazy. dead. And I, I love that concept. Um and that's what really makes it probably my favorite house of the year for, for Florida. Um is just that environmental storytelling. I love that angle.
0: Now that you mentioned it, yeah, like we had all those elements, but like that framing device really does push it from good to great.
1: Yeah, it's it's really cool. Um everything else I mean it most of the scares are the same. I know you, you had the the door guard puppet too. Uh we have the door guard puppet. We had uh the moving stake on the um on the counter, just like yeah. uh, the movie. We also had the one scene, like, the, okay, the the one thing I like about the way we did the the face, the guy who tears his face off, um, is it's one of those uh, scares that uses mirrors. So you think he's looking one way, and then he comes around and scares you because he's actually looking the other way, and it's a mirror you're looking at. Yeah, I love when they do that. Um, it's a simple effect, but
0: effective. Well, I think we have now exhausted all of the shared content uh, between the two parks.
1: Do you want to cover the monster, the the weird, the the Universal Monsters thing with music by Slash?
0: Yes. Okay. Uh, I I had not realized what was going on here, but um, yeah. So one of my low-key favorite things, like, favorite little details about Horror Nights, generally, is that when you're riding the escalators between the upper and lower lots, and when I say ride the escalators, I do mean ride the escalators, only, like, literally, we were at the bottom looking up, and we saw a single person out of the throngs of Horror Nights fanatics, hundreds and hundreds of them, who was actually dumb enough to try to take the stairs from the lower lot to the upper lot, because it's like, it's it it it's like cloud like it it's way up there in the clouds. It's like you have to take like four long ass escalators to get from one to the other. Uh, but anyway, when you're on those escalators, they usually blast like kind of horror like they not horror music exactly, but like kind of 80s metal type thing, like you know Iron Maiden, you know, Jude, like Judas Priest, and it has like a classic Halloween feel. And also, it's not quite as, like, uh, aspirationally, like, soundtracky as the stuff they play during the day. So, it gives it kind of, like, a nice, like... It makes it feel like the scene in the movie where there's, like, a bunch of punks thrashing, like, in a den somewhere. Uh, like, with their, like, pink Liberty Spikes, like, spraying graffiti on the wall of their own, like, clubhouse. And you just know that, like, something, something is about to happen here, which is about to establish what a badass the hero is. Like, it makes you feel like you're in one of those places. And that's really all I want out of life uh but this year as you're going down you hear uh it's, it's somehow like hearing guns and roses when you're on the escalator is very metal hearing axel rose say hey we did an album here's us promoting our new album that we did for horror nights or like in conjunction with horror nights enjoy horror nights is the least fucking metal thing I can possibly imagine.
1: I don't have anything to say to that.
0: There's nothing less metal than hearing an old rock star shilling their stuff.
1: I, I think I've only been to one Halloween Horror Nights house based on a musician's thing, and that was when they brought the Alice Cooper house to Florida. Um, and it was, it was okay, but it was all generic Americana, twisted Americana, you go to a high school, but like, there's zombies and shit, like, eh. that, That's
0: cool. but, but, you know what? You know what? Uh, let, may I say that despite the bizarre Axl Rose connection, which I don't know who thought that was a good idea, the actual design of the house was very creative and I appreciated it. Uh, I, I enjoyed for one thing that they were doing like a kind of a tribute to Universal Monsters uh like as into the classic black and white you know fan L- bella lugosi uh boris Karlov, lon chaney films which are not generally considered frightening today honestly you can watch them and I, I don't know that they would scare many people who've been desensitized by modern horror fare
1: well but like the house the house itself seemed pretty experimental like the uh invisible man using nothing but black light yes. that's pretty cool yes
0: yeah, so, uh yes i'm definitely getting to that uh so they, for one thing, they, they did put a slight twist on them where they made them look creepier, which is, I, I think, kind of necessary. Uh, but they did a lot of interesting effects. Like Chris said, they have a one really cool area where you go through and kind of in a blacklit chamber, you have a guy who's in a Invisible Man costume. And, you know, it's, it's not 100% convincing. Like, you don't look at it and go like, whoa, holy shit but it's it's pretty convincing where it actually looked like the invisible man. It you know you, you can't see his his, his hands and his face. He he moves in a way where like his hands don't frequently like cross over his, his smoking jacket and like everything else. Uh so you know for for the most part it it actually looks like there's a, an invisible guy standing in front of you. And uh, that that was a pretty cool effect. Um there's, like, a Phantom of the Opera playing on a piano that's pretty creepy looking. You know, they do some mirror stuff with Dracula. Uh, you know, they, they they do some nice werewolf scares. There's a really cool zone where, okay, so I didn't even see the scare, but I, I remember it because I thought it was cool. There's just, like, a cool little area you pass into where, like, it's the framing device before, like, a Frankenstein area where you see, like, a movie projector and, like, stacks of cans projecting onto a wall where you see, like, the Frankenstein footage and, like, yeah, you hear, like, the old school soundtrack and I thought that was really cool and I didn't even see the part where, like, the actual creepified Frankenstein busts through the screen and menaces you.
1: Yeah, they do that a lot in, in California. I noticed they did that in the Poltergeist house, too, which bothers me, like, on a, on a Principal level, because the hands don't come out of the TV in, in Poltergeist. Yes.
0: Yes, yeah, so that's almost like the opposite of what actually happens in Poltergeist. But, uh it, it's effective. Uh, it, it worked pretty well, I'd say, in uh, the horror, in the uh, the Universal Monsters house. So I really appreciated, like, you know, I, like I say, like I, I like creativity, I like design. Uh, it's weird to say creative about rehashing literally their most remade and revisited properties uh but i enjoyed it Uh, i think that it was a departure it was a breath of fresh air
1: i also i mean california doesn't get that many original properties or uh unique ip non-ip houses i guess and it was nice to see like something that isn't a movie especially a recent movie like that that i feel like really constrains a lot of what california ends up doing for its hhn is everything seems so ip driven um i mean yeah. florida this year was a nice even split of five ip houses and five originals and don't worry i'm not going through everyone in laborious detail if we get there um but california had what five ip houses and one kind of original uh in terms There's of like six it ip being houses the...
0: and one original house yeah and then if we're yeah. lucky, they throw us a bone during Terror Tram. Like that's where, if we're lucky, we get original stuff. And we actually we we did this year, although. Original, how was
1: the tram? I, I I still don't see how that's scary.
0: Um. Well, you're not wrong. <laughs> um, uh, do you mean that this the concept of the Terror Tram, or do you mean the actual execution? Well, to to pull to bring
1: this full circle, like, um. I do a lot of local haunts, and local haunts tend to have a lot of houses, which are pretty scary, and corn mazes with monsters in them, which are also scary. And then they have a a hayride, a haunted hayride. And really what that means is you sit on a hayride, and as they drag you through the random bits of the farm, guys will come out and slam the side of the, the tram, or, or will jump up on the on the train, train with you and be like, ah, I'm a monster, and then jump off. And it's it's really just sort of a... Opportunity to sit down while while riding around and having scary things jump out at you, but they're not really scary. Okay, okay. And I feel like the Universal Hollywood tram is like the mega budget equivalent of that.
0: Okay, well, uh, that I, I can see why you'd think that's definitely what I expected when I even heard about the terror Tram as a concept. But that's actually not what it is. Uh, that what they do is much cooler in theory. So I'm about to go through like a good news, bad news, good news, bad news thing regarding the the horror okay. the tram. So. So, full history for those of you who are not fully acquainted with uh, the intricacies of West Coast uh, venerable theme park institutions. So, Hollywood has, in theory, outside the the theme park, and in fact in practice, they have a bunch of studios and movie sets and stuff they use. Which they just kind of like keep handy for like various films. Like, uh, you know, they have the, the set for The Good Place, which is all dressed up like heaven. It's like the actual set. And during the daytime, uh, they'll put you on a tram and they'll drive you through all that stuff. And then they'll drive you through a bunch of, like, areas where they have props just mothballed on display, where they have, like, the the plane crash from uh, War of the Worlds. And it's like, obviously, they don't actually film anything there. Or maybe if they do, it's going to be, like, a commercial or something brief. But, like, uh, they'll drive you past it and they'll show it to you. And it's like, oh, check out all this Hollywood history. And so what the Terror Tram does is... On the drive there and the drive back, when you're in the tram, there actually aren't really any scares. Um, if anything, what they do is they have, like, video that plays on, like, the, the, the tour base window, basically, where, like, you get to watch the preamble. But the actual event is, at some point, they stop the tram, and you get out. And then you walk through, like, a specially curated area of the back lot, like kind of a race course through the back lot uh and you double back around to the to the 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 road the back road and get back on the tram and drive back so that's what it is basically
1: so it's a walking terror area but they just take a tram to get you there
0: yeah basically uh and here's the good news bad news good news bad news so the good news is uh the first time you do this it's actually shit scary like, it's terrifying okay. to get off the tram and just be, like, faced with, like... as like And I'm speaking here, like, as a complete haunt no novice. This was my experience. Like, oh, shit, I get to get off and, like, wander through this actual, like, dark, backlit area where there's plenty of areas for, like, guys to hide. Like, that was terrifying. Uh, and I, I really didn't want to do it. Here's the bad news. Uh, so, you're going with a large group. And... Uh, you tend to go through, like, it, you know, it's a, it's a broad, kind of a wider area you're going through than the average maze, and you can kind of, like, you know, they do a decent job at, like, making it kinked, but you can usually see ahead, uh, even the first horror nights where I was, like, shitting myself constantly. Uh, I wasn't really f- scared of anything, uh, for the Terror Tramp tour. So that's bad news. Good news is, uh, that's where they often get to experiment with kind of, like, new ideas and cool IPs. So, like, um, they they recycled it this year where they had uh the premise that they used and the, again it's recycled from back in 2016 where we had that weird fucking like clown craze where there were actually like all those like guys dressed as clowns like doing pranks
1: Was was Jack there for that year? I feel like Jack may have been there that year.
0: I don't remember. But um so they they so Eli Roth actually designed a scenario where like you you watch this history of like there used to be a clown mascot for universal studios, but then people started thinking clowns were creepy. So he got fired, but then he actually like moved out to like the Hollywood Hills and just started living there in like a tent and like going crazy and like actually wandering into the backlot tours and just like trying to like entertain the tram. And finally he just completely lost his marbles. And now he's trying to kill people. Uh, so that's kind of a cool idea. And they have a, whenever they do this, they have a great, Great start to the trailer tram uh, and I'll just narrate it to you and I think you can imagine it so you're in this tram and you're like you're watching your video with like introducing like this clown guy and you're like watching him go from like you know a creepy but like accidentally creepy clown to like this guy with like his makeup falling off and like his eyes wide and just like you know his kind of feral costume and like you know getting sounding increasingly manic in the footage And as this is happening, like, you're driving down, like, this dark area. And finally, like, the tram, like, out in the middle of nowhere in the Hollywood Hills is, like, coming to a stop. Screeching to a stop. And you look out the left, and you see the driveway, which leads up into, like, the lights of, like, kind of the the racetrack. And standing as if, like, a guy at an airport in the midst of the, the driveway is the clown. And he's standing there, and he's holding a black balloon. And he's alone. There's nothing around him. And he's not moving. He's just, like, standing there kind of smiling right under a spotlight great effect great start and okay that sounds cool yeah and they actually they they exercise a lot of di- like discipline with it where both times uh you get out and you start walking past him and he doesn't jump until he jumps and a bunch of guys with chainsaws leap out as well
1: See that sounds cool. That 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 almost makes me want to do it because everything I've seen about it has been like, you you walk through the the War of the Worlds set and there's a million Freddy Kruegers all dressed up randomly, and then also you go through that's the bad Psycho news. set.
0: Yeah, that's bad news. <laughs> it is that, um, you know they obviously can't fuck around too much with what they got. So every year it's basically if, if you want like a full spoilers for what every single year of the Tram will be. Uh, they'll change around the pieces, and, like, this year, they did a lot of original stuff that was cool. Um, 2016, it was all clowns. Uh, 2017, it was kind of a lame, like, Freddy versus Jason versus uh, Leatherface deal. But here's the walkthrough. You go through that thing where, like, there's a bunch of guys with chainsaws and weapons and stuff. Uh, you reach the Bates Motel, and you go through, and there's, like, a bunch of people being tortured... And a bunch of guys in masks, like waiting to jump out at you, uh, just kind of hanging out. Um, You pass through the world of the world suburb, and there's like a bunch of guys hanging out there. Uh, You go through an area where there's like a fence on either side, and guys stand over the fence and swing things down at you. And then you enter like a final maze. That's that's the spoilers for every single terror tram that will ever happen. Yeah, but, you know, uh, again, they they had some cool costumes and some original ideas, and this year, like, they went all out with it where, like, he had, they, like, they they, sort of, it didn't even really make sense, but, like, it was okay. Uh, The idea is almost that, like, the the clown is, like, the host of this anthology thing where, like, each area is represented by a comic book that has, like, a different concept. Like, the first area is just, like, for some reason, it's who let the dogs out, and there's, like, a bunch of guy in pitbull masks with chainsaws. And then, um, you get into the, uh, the motel area, and they have, like, kind of the, they have the, you know, I'm not a huge fan of, like, pushing it this far, but for some reason they went explicitly with, like, a a hillbilly murderer shtick. And I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like, you know, (laughs) people in the Appalachians have enough problems they really need this happening (laughs) to them, too. Uh, uh, then there's, um... Uh, then the War of the Worlds area was, uh, I think it was, uh, there was, like, an evil scarecrow thing going on that was kind of cool, and then finally they did the Nightmare Factory, uh, where they had, like, a, you pass through, like, a, uh, you pass through, like, a, a factory where they, like, do a bunch of torture stuff, and there was, like, some Hellraiser knockoffs, but it was still pretty cool. And you know what? I, it was not frightening, but I enjoyed it.
1: Well, that's good. Like... It's better to, even if it's not scary, have have fun with something than to have it just be a bore that you don't, like, whatever, I don't care.
0: Exactly. Um, so that was almost everything I want to talk about in Hollywood. Uh, do we want to go through some stuff you want to talk, some, some of your, the original uh, content in Florida?
1: Okay, I will try to make this a speed round because, like we said, California, or Florida has entirely too much original content. Um, there were five IP houses that we've already talked about, and then there were five original houses. I will do this lightning round style. So, Seeds of Extinction, um, it's a very dark house where plants try to attack you, um, and it is interesting insofar as it is based entirely around camouflage. Either that works for you, or it doesn't. Like, there's no interesting gimmicks, there's no special effects, it's mostly people either Hiding in plain sight, or wearing ghillie suits, or dressed up in plant things, hiding inside of plants. And either that, like, oh, will shit, scare the crap out of you. Vegas. It's it's really closer to, like, um... Uh, basically, I, I... Weirdly, because it was so many ghillie suits, it actually felt like being scared by people in Call of Duty, frankly. Um, like... <laughs> Basically, the the idea is that alien, an alien asteroid landed on Earth and released a evil plant virus that basically made plants take over the Earth in an almost cordyceps kind of way, and so plants are now sentient and will come after you, and so you're walking through this very, very, very dark post-apocalyptic house, and um, sometimes plants and guys in ghillie suits jump out at you. If you can see ghillie suits, if you've played enough video games like I have that you can see a ghillie suit a mile away, it, it probably won't do anything for you. Um, however you do what I did, which is stupid, which is go into that very, very dark house while it's still light out, you'll be blind enough that it can still scare you. So your your mileage may vary. I've seen this ranked very highly on people's lists. I've seen it ranked very low on people's lists as a result of that gimmick. Um, Then there's Carnival Graveyard, which is basically a, um, a, hey, somebody owns a theme park, shit fell apart, you know, abandoned rust salvage yard. Um,
0: They did it at Not Scary Farm last year, like almost exactly that, actually.
1: Well, no, Not Scary Farm actually I think is a better idea, because Not, Not Scary Farm did Dark Ride, which was basically, what if you go into an abandoned dark ride, but there's something evil still in there? And that actually is a better idea. Um, I, I, I will be honest, I think, uh, Knott's Berry Farms, having not, having not done that house, I feel like Knott's Berry Farms ride is probably a better concept. Um, this is literally like, what if you went to a junkyard, but the junkyard was full of crap, like random stuff from previous HHNs. It's mostly a fan service house. Um, and then there are, um, this is the one house that has a bunch of user, uh, buttons to press. So there's a big shiny button that'll either like blow air or water at the person in front of or behind you so if you see a shiny button press it it'll torture somebody near you and scare them and good for them good for you whatever um it's it's fine the big gimmick in carnival graveyard is really more traps and i don't think i've ever been scared by a trap there's lots of like automated noisemakers and automated things where you walk in and a trap springs and it just snaps and makes a big noise and it's not scary and there's not really a monster it's just metal clinging on metal and the idea is you are trespassing on the graveyard and the guy who owns the graveyard doesn't like you and that's that's kind of it and it's it's very pretty it's full of easter eggs if you like hhn history it's very much up your alley if you like user generated traps it's up your alley other than that it's it's kind of just brown and gray and full of noise um it is pretty long though um then there's Dead Exposure, which is probably my favorite, well, my second favorite of the originals. Dead Exposure's big gimmick is you are in the midst of France in the 1980s when the zombie outbreak happens, um, and there is a vaccine that makes you immune to zombies, but the downside is it slowly makes you go blind, so what happens is they have big smoke machines as you enter the, machi- enter the house. Uh, they, they blast smoke machines, you inhale the smoke, and it makes you go blind so that when you're walking through the house... Um, basically they turn off the lights and only strobe occasionally what lights are happening. And they are all, um, uh, black lights. So the entire house is black light reactive. So what you're seeing is this weird artistic impressionistic vision of zombies. Every couple seconds it'll refresh. Uh, and it's very, very abstract and very, very scary because it's very dark. But then you'll get these flashes of I'm on a subway. Oh my God! There's zombies ahead of me. Oh, I'm walking through the catacombs. Oh, there's a zombie. It 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 works very very well, and it's probably the best all around scary house that uh, Florida has this year. Um, and then there finally is my favorite house. Uh, not because it's the scariest, but because I'm just a terrible. Really cool. It is really cool. You should watch some walkthroughs of it. it. It the videos can't quite capture it because it's all black lights and flashing lights and low light levels and it doesn't quite work on film but it's it is a pretty cool idea um specifically the the subway area is my favorite area of that exposure because you're walking towards like so not to spend too much time on this but basically imagine you're on a subway and you're trying to walk towards an exit uh, about 10 feet ahead of you into your left they have zombies standing there in um the like past where you are going to turn left but then also there's another one of those mirror effects where there's a pole that you're supposed to hold onto and a zombie will come around the pole because it looks like the pole is just freestanding but it's not it's next to a mirror so it's the mirror is hiding the zombie and he just comes around when the light's flash and it works really well uh the the subway bit is great the whole the whole house is really cool um nice But my favorite house, not because it's the scariest, but because I'm just a lame horror movie geek and I like watching Best of the Worst and I just like terrible movies, is Slaughter Cinema, which is basically a pseudo-sequel to... um, uh, ...last year's Hive, uh, which was a replacement house for The Conjuring, for those in the know. Um, I can get into that, but that's a whole thing. Um, But basically, Slaughter Cinema is... Every room is a different B movie from a different, uh, terrible concept. So there's like, um, Night of the Beast baby, where you walk into a bunch of cultists trying to worship a Satan baby. There's Barber Chop, where there's a serial killer barber. There's, um, House Swarming, or there's, um, what is it? It's, uh, it's not Critters, but it's something like that. Um, God damn it, I bought the shirt for this. Anyway, um, there, there's, like, a Critters ripoff, um, there's a, Am- a Night of the Amazon ladies um, from hell, and there's uh, the Swamp Yeti, there's um, Shitty's Kids, which is basically what happens when terrible kids take over a pizzeria, um, like a Freddy's, Freddy Fazbear's pizza place. Um, it's basically a series of bad B-movies where you walk in, see one room worth of scares, get the idea of what the scare would be, what the movie is, what the plot of the movie is and then move on to another movie. And I love Cats that house. Really cool. Uh um it's it's absolutely fantastic and it's my favorite because I have gone through that house multiple times. I've only been scared in there two or three, but even on sca- even on runs where I don't get scared, it is such a fun dumbass house. I love it. Like it's one of the few houses where even if I'm not being scared at all, I just love walking through terrible movies and it's, it's just fantastic. Um, up so until, that's, that's up sort until of,
0: you got to that one. I was sort of like, all right. So if I had like, if I could go through one Florida house, it would be The exposure, but no, uh, that it would definitely be this one now.
1: I would recommend either Dead Exposure or Slaughter Those are my two favorite of the originals. Um, that's not to say Carnival Graveyard and Seeds of Extinction are bad, but Dead Exposure is the scariest, and Slaughter Cinema is just the all-around best original, and I, I, I love it to death. Um, so that's sort of where that falls.
0: Cool. Uh, is that... Was that all of them?
1: Uh, that's all the houses. I mean, we could go through scare zones, but that's, like... I'm hoping Killer Clowns ends up as a house next year, but, you know.
0: I think there's a good chance. Uh, that I mean, that seems to be a pattern that happens sometimes.
1: I'm hopeful. I mean, if, have you seen Killer Clowns from Outer Space?
0: You know what? I haven't. Uh, I, I can put that on the list. It is not yet it Halloween.
1: It's not scary at all. It's a. It's totally a goofy comedy movie. But, um. The reason I want it to be a house is that it basically the end sequences, they go into the alien spaceship, and it's this completely absurd fun house, but evil, and and it's more fun house than evil, and I kind of want that to be a house. I want there to be all sorts of goofy, nonsense, funny, I want it to be a comedy house, basically. And that's something that historically, we don't, we don't, I don't, does California have comedy houses? Is that a thing out there?
0: Not really. I think we had This Is The End uh, when that movie came out.
1: I guess, that would be like the only one I could think of. Cause like Florida has usually a comedy house about once a year. Slaughter, Slaughter Cinema is this year's, uh, comedy house. Um, last year it was Ash versus Evil Dead. Um, which was another one. I think we talked about that last year where Ash versus Evil Dead, California went all in on scary. And in Florida, they went in all in on comedy. So in Florida, we got the, not the, butt, not the butt scene. That is not something that California wanted to involve itself in. So, it amuses me. But well,
0: there's there's only one uh, thing I want to touch on, and I yeah you know, I can't get too much into detail about it just because it's not like yeah it's not the sort of thing where much of it will really come through in the description. But uh, I did want to touch on this a little bit because this is one thing that I think will probably not be very well reported. So the last few years um, they have a scare zone in the lower lot which is honestly like a scare zone is probably not a good way of putting what it's been like this year and last year because like usually in california a scare zone is not like a structured thing it's just like you know we have like a couple displays out there and then there's a bunch of guys in costumes and masks walking around like going boo and they're they're honestly just kind of wandering around the crowd it's almost like they're, they're trying to blend in with like the people there and then there's like a tunnel that leads to the back lot where like there's like there'll be music and strobe lights and stuff sometimes but uh in the last few years in the back the the lower lot like kind of in the fake new york uh they have just kind of like an unassuming like little maze where there's like no canopy over it so it's like clearly just like you know open sky you walk through it's just going to be a maze of tarps and poles with some props and actors inside and it actually kind of looks like the grottiest thing in the world from the outside it, it really looks like you know if you're wandering through uh, a podunk town and they have like a haunted maze like from the outside that's what it looks like uh, and it's not on the program particularly like you could probably find it mentioned in like one or two pamphlets but it's not actually like a thing that's advertised extremely well and this year and last year it has been probably my favorite thing from the night Really? Yeah, uh, because here's the thing about them. So they're they're not IP based. Um, you know, much like you, so like a lot of your original houses, they, they they tend to be doing their own things, and they don't always have like a long creative reach. Like, there's not like a complex concept being communicated. Like last year it was hell. This year it was holidays, but they go all in to the extent of that concept, like. You know, we walked through, and they had, like, they had every holiday. They had, like, you know, New Year's Eve. They had uh, Christmas, Easter, had Cinco de Mayo. They had, like, St. Patrick's Day, Halloween, Thanksgiving. And, like, each one is just, like, a crook in this maze. And they have, like, like this, you know, giant, grotesque Easter bunny statue. And they have, like, you know, an evil Easter bunny. They have kids in bunny suits and cages in the Easter area. You know, like they they have like the like a, a grotesque cupid with a bow, and like they whoever design is in charge of like coming up with all the costumes and props for those areas needs a raise because they're doing an excellent job. They're they're killing. It.
1: Cool, I did not know that.
0: Yeah, I you know I, I I don't even know if there's like a walkthrough available online for for it. Uh, I didn't I didn't check. It's called like Hell Holidays or something. I know that there's a there's a walkthrough for the, the devil area last year. The thing I liked about the Devil Area last year was and I don't know if this was deliberate or not, but this is kinda how it came off. Uh it almost kind of it like initially had the feel of like a, a hell house, which um for those of you who are not uh from certain parts of rural United States, uh it's basically like a thing churches do where like you enter and they have like visions of sin and then hell. And it's kind of like a haunted house, but, you know, for a very specific definition of the word wholesome, uh, where it's like kind of supposed to have a moral instruction. And it almost has that kind of like cheap, low-budget feel at first, but as you go deeper in, the devil costumes get really elaborate, and like the scenes of Torment become very, very, like, grotesque. And then finally it ends with like a giant Satan on stilts that's just basically the most badass thing ever.
1: I don't want to say non-stilts.
0: Yep. That, so that anyway, is one That uh, is one
1: thing I think California does better, is when it goes big, it goes very big. Like how the AVB yeah. house had a queen and we didn't have a queen.
0: Yeah, I, I think that, that is, you're right. That, that sort of throwing around a budget on specific things is one thing that Hollywood had, does better. Like, going all out on one prop... Well, uh, I guess that's probably just about it, isn't it?
1: Uh, unless we want to compare Jabberwockies versus Academy of Villains.
0: I fucking which... skip Jabberwockies. I... <laughs> I, I'm, I'm good with Jabberwockies. I require no further Jabberwockies. Fair enough. They're immensely talented. You know what? They do a great job at the, what they do, but it's just, I'm not about that. Like the actual like um, the actual skits is the problem. Like if if they just like if you just come around and, like the Jabberwockies do a dance, that'd be one thing. But like the the skits they do for horror nights are like they oscillate between like. It pretty much the the dominating thought I've had sitting in on them is, uh, if I figure out the if I figure out the pattern, I can figure out how soon I can get out of here and get back to the event. <laughs> Like if I like I, if I could figure out like whatever the the formula is here, that'll give me like a timer on when this, like I'm gonna get to stand up and leave without making a scene.
1: See, it's weird because I, I I've heard how much Californians hate the Jabberwockies, and it's interesting because people do not hate Academy of Villains the way that people hate the Jabberwockies in California.
0: I think one of the reasons why people hate the Jabberwockies, like I, I don't know what Academy villains do, but the Jabberwockies, nothing about their show is actually very Halloweeny. Like both both of the shows I've seen by them um they were actually that there's there's nothing particularly like horror about them. Like it was kind of an Alice in Wonderland thing the first year which had maybe like a couple vaguely Halloweenish things, but like it would never pass for like a like you'd never be like, oh, let's let's do this show during the Halloween season, for the spooky season. And then the the next year, um, like they they did like a, a Star Trek thing, which was very not scary.
1: It's it's interesting because I I hear that they don't update their show enough. Also, um, whereas Academy of Villains has kind of reinvented themselves every year they've been here. Uh, this year they're doing a cyberpunk thing, which isn't scary per se but involves you know generically um evil computer cyborgs that are scary trying to kill humans and humans that are trying to survive so it's like kind of tangentially halloween-ish
0: right right
1: anyway that, that's just interesting plus, that... you
0: know there's there's, there's like a, a slight degree of uh, extra horror because uh Nope, oh, I'm sorry. I, no, I, I completely lost my point. <laughs> I think I was working up to a Academy of Vilna, like, villainous university joke, but I it fell through. I don't actually know anything about it. I was looking at the Wikipedia article, and nothing left to mind. Probably just cut that.
1: So, yeah, that's Halloween Horror Nights, I guess?
0: Yep. Here's to next year. Uh, I would say yeah, I had a I, good
1: time. I would say this year for both coasts has been a pretty strong year. Um, uh, this, I, I I can't speak entirely for California having watched the videos, but it seemed pretty strong. I know Florida was a particularly strong year. Like I I worry next year will not be able to live up to this.
0: You know, the lows were pretty low in California. That's the only qualifying factor. Uh, yeah, I, I would... I would say that like you know if you're talking about blumhouse was blumhouse was almost a waste of a house i think that probably ranks up with the worst one i've been to uh and then the purge was just also pretty nothing and then like when you when you, when you throw in some slightly weak performances from halloween 4 and you know not very scary stranger things uh it was sort of building up to not a great year but the highlights of poltergeist and you know i really like universal monsters so I, I would I would rate it reasonably highly. And of course, you know, the real horror nights was the friendships you made along the way.
1: I I mean, I, I feel like Florida really the, the downsides are Blumhouse and Halloween four, and even those are not like I've done dud houses that did nothing for me. These aren't dud houses, they're just like you'll get one good scare houses. Like, it's it's that level of like it's not a waste of time, but you're you're going to go in and be like, all right, all right. Ooh, that got me. All right, all right, all right, all right, I'm done. And so if that's the worst houses I can name, I have gone to worse years where the majority of houses would not reach that level of fright. So based on just a do the houses work as scary houses, this was a pretty strong year.
0: Um, we'll check in with you guys next year and let you know how things shape up.
1: Yep. See you next year when this podcast comes back again to murder or to bore you with an hour and a half of haunts.
0: It will be the only. It will be the only podcast episode, won't it? It will be the next podcast episode. <laughs> We're turning this podcast into an annualized franchise.
1: We have to really rename it if that's going to be the case. So if you have any haunting names for a podcast, let us know.